10-minute speaker. So, Joel, why don't you come on up? He's going to share with us. Hey. Yeah, give him a hand. Come on now. Hey, let's pray for him. Lord, we just thank you for Joel. We thank you for everything that you put in his heart into the well that he's dug, his history with you. And we just pray, Father, that your anointing would be upon him and upon his words. And, Lord, we want to hear from you through Joel. We just thank you for him right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Uh, wow, that was it's kind of hard to follow, that worship time. It's really amazing. And um, this morning, as I'd been praying throughout the week just what God had wanted me to speak. And so... Kind of there's a few things, um, and it's sports cars, soccer, um, the spirit, sin, and sanctification. And you might wonder how in the world they're related, other than they all start with S for some reason. Uh, so I'll kind of just um, share with you a little bit. Um, so for those of you that don't know, I grew up in, in Mexico, and soccer, football is our number one sport, and so all the news, um, just everything is about, you know, soccer. And, and so I remember this story when I was growing up um, about this, you know, semi-famous soccer player that made a lot of money and ended up being able to buy that dream sports car. And, you know, for, especially I think it's more of a man thing, you know, supercar, you know, and you, you're looking at how fast it can go from zero to 60, right? And just fun fact, uh, but... Right now, I think the Tesla Model S um, does zero to 60 in 2.4 seconds, uh, right behind by 0.1 second by the Bugatti, and then the Lamborghini, I think, by another 2.5, which, I mean, I can't even imagine how fast that is and the whiplash you get. So this, this guy gets his brand new sports car, accelerates. I'm sure he's imagining that, you know, how fast he's going to do that zero to 60 ends up losing control and crashing. And, you know, for those of you that, that might know what, you know, sports cars cost these days, but I was looking, but um, one of those on the high-end side is like the Bugatti. It is $3.9 million, followed by a Lamborghini, it's like 3.4. I mean, I, I can't even imagine driving a car <laughs> like that. So this guy has this car, let's say, just to round it off, it's $3 million car, and he crashes it. Imagine, I mean, how he must have felt. I mean, terrible, right? Um, I, I mean, I can't even imagine. Um, and so this story came to mind with something that God had just put on my heart regarding um, just, it's neat how, how God just puts themes together. Um, and one of them that, that Travis was sharing was on sanctification. And, and God has, for the last year, just been speaking to me with this. And one of the things that, that God gave me regarding that was just how when we, you know, well, when we were made, you know, when you look at Genesis 1, we were made with complete and in the highest value because we were made in the image of God, which is amazing and kind of mind-blowing to think. And, you know, the psalmist, you know, David and the psalm says, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that's, that's how we were made. Um, but then sin, you know, we sinned. And just like that car, um, when he first got into the car, that was a $3 million car. Um, 
after that crash and the dents and the dings, and I, don't, I can't remember how bad it was. I tried to Google it, but I think it was way before Google had indexed that story. Um, but it was $3 million, and now, I don't know, maybe it was 1.5 million or even less, you know? And that, that, happens, that happened to us with sin, right? We had great value, now we had less value. But, you know, praise God for... Um, Jesus that, that made us, it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, he made us a new creation. And, and so we are a new creation now, no matter what happened. And I love just how several of the songs, the themes, the things that were shared today were about um, just the freedom that we have in Christ, right? We're not shackled anymore. Um, and so um, it's really neat, you know, that we have that value restored now. Um, and then... As we know, just like in the beginning when, you know, the devil tried to offer you know, an exchange, which was, you know, basically a lie, saying, you, you need something else to give you value. You need this knowledge, right? Um, that's what the enemy still does. He doesn't want us to carry that full value and nature of Jesus Christ. And so um, in, in Romans 12, you know, Paul talks about um, just an appeal he makes. Um, because he knows how important it is, you know, for God and, and for us to walk in the fullness and the value that God has for us. And he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. And so when you think about when we repent, um, it is a process of, of changing our mind. It's, it's saying, God, what you say is, is wrong and is sin. Um, I agree with you, and, and I align myself with you. And so it's a process of renewing our mind. It's changing our mind, right? And it's such an important part because that is where our battle is fought. And so I wanted to, you know, just kind of share that analogy because um, I think sometimes I know that, that I can, you know, sometimes there's certain sin or temptation that, that we kind of give a little room for, right? And we believe the lie that... that that maybe we're going to get some value from it, but but we—that's a lie. It only sin only devalues us, and so I want to share that part because next time when sin comes, when the enemy comes knocking at our door, we need to realize is that it's it's a lie. There's no value in it. It will only devalue who God made already, who, who God made us already to be through Christ Jesus, right? And so uh, one of the things that that um, Travis brought up um, a point that, that I thought was really good because God had been speaking to me on that, was about, um, do we hate evil? And it says in Proverbs um, 9, 10, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. And, and so if you look back to Proverbs eight thirteen, it actually helps to find, so we've, I'm sure a lot of people had heard that verse before, and we say, oh yeah, the fear of the Lord, beginning of wisdom. Um, but prior to that, it says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Yeah? So, so it, and, and then God just kind of unpacked this for me a little bit more when I came back to Proverbs nine ten, 10. Um, 
and it's that we, we start becoming a bit more wise when we hate what is evil. That's where it starts. But we don't have full wisdom. When wisdom comes, it continues, the verse says, the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. When we actually start getting to know God more, then we start knowing true insight that's beyond um, the wisdom that we have. And, and so it's um, interesting that, that, you know, God has been, we're, we're, you know, new to the prophetic, and we've been here two years now, and it's been really neat to, you know, be part of this workshop, and Paul's recommended some good books that I'm reading, um, but it's been really neat to um, just desire more and more that intimacy to know God's heart, to be able to hear from him. And, and a couple of the verses that God has just been speaking to me has been from Jeremiah 33.3, which I think a lot of people, uh, you know, it's, it's a very just great verse. And then Daniel 2.22. And uh, Jeremiah 3.33 says, Call to me and I will answer you, and I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. And then in Daniel 2.2, it says, He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in darkness, and the light dwells with him. And, and these are like amazing, just powerful verses, you know, of, of what God desires. He desires for us to call on him. And he will answer. He wants to share with us just amazing things, a secret of his heart, but it's all about relationship as, you know, Paul was sharing and, and, and Travis, you know, so it's been just a common theme, which is really neat because I, I know for me, as I've been excited and seen just God move with, you know, word of knowledge and stuff, it's like all of a sudden we're like, wow, you know, that's, that's awesome. But, but it, it all starts with just coming closer to God, really caring to know God above all, bowing down to our King. And and so one of the things that, that um, I hadn't had happen to me before, uh, but it was where I had a dream, and in the dream, there was a verse given to me, and then I woke up and looked it up. And so I looked it up. I'm like, all right, let me, let me look it up. Um, I didn't want to wake Gene up. Um, but I went, and it was from 2 Peter 3.18. And it says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and the day of eternity. Amen. And, and when I felt God speaking to me with this is, you know, again, the theme of growing to know God more, you know, each day, um, growing to know Jesus, right, our good shepherd, um, but then also growing in grace. And, and I just thought how interesting the two and how he brought those together. Uh, because first, you know, coming back to the whole point of, when, when sin devalues us, we needed God's grace, right? And, and that's something that, that we, we need to accept. Um, but then as we accept it, it's something beautiful because we then need to give to others. And, and that's part of, you know, when I feel like God tying it all together is part of the prophetic, um, being able to hear from God and then minister to God that word to, to others is that you all of a sudden see the grace of God. You don't see through your eyes of just however you see people, whatever bias, whatever, anything, but you see through the eyes of God. You see people how he intended them to be with great value. And, and you, he made them perfect 
um, because he now sees them through Jesus, right? And that's how he sees each one of us. And so I, I, I don't want to take more than my allotted time. <laughs> um, I, I had this dream God had put on my heart, but I'll, um, I'll share that another time. Um, and so I'll just, I'll just close in prayer. Um, Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for the way you made us in your image and the way, even though we send, you sent Jesus to make us a new creation. And Lord, we want to walk in the full value of who you've made us to be. We want to walk in that grace also to be able to extend that to those around us, Lord. Even those that it's difficult um, to extend it to, it doesn't come naturally, Lord. But we pray and ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would release forth, Lord, your grace. Lord, thank you for everyone here. And Lord, we just want to know you more. Thank you that you're a God that you say, call on me and I will answer. And that is your heart. You want to answer. You want to have a continuous dialogue with your children. And Lord, we thank you and just um, pray blessings on Travis as he shares next. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Good job. That was great, Joel. Um, yeah, grace is like a, a ladder that is let down into a ditch. It helps the people in the ditch get out. Grace is not something that says, stay in the ditch. <laughs> it says, come on out. See, the grace of God, the love of God, has come not to just forgive us of sin, but to free us from sin. And he, so it's just a wonderful thing. Grace, if, you're, if, if you turn the grace of God into permission to wallow in sin and think it's okay, you've missed the point. Jesus came so that we could grow up into, him, into him, all aspects into him. And so I love this message. I, I, I spoke, a, 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 for those that weren't here, that you can get the podcast. It was called Inside Out. It's a two-part series on sanctification, which I think is a really important word that God, the Lord wants to speak to us uh, in this time, especially when we're living in a time when, you know, there's so many people, false teachers, that have turned the grace of God into permission to keep sinning, and it, and it makes you okay with God, and that's just not true. He loves you so much that he's called you out, and it's just like the woman that was caught in the adultery. He said, where are those that condemn you? And they said, there are none, Lord. And she said, he, he said, well, neither do I condemn you. See, Jesus doesn't condemn us in our failure. He loves it when we get up. But he also said, go and sin no more. So it's, a, it's, it's, it's important. All right, so I'm going to be quick. I know y'all don't believe that, but I'm going to try to be quick. I just got something that's been burning on my heart. For those that were at the, uh, the God night uh, Friday night, you're going to hear this again. But... Uh, I think it's important. It's something burning inside of me, and I can't get away with it. It's just awe-inspiring when I think about what this story means to us, the, the application of what I'm going to share. If you've got your Bible, you can turn to Mark 5. There are a number of examples that have, I have just I have in the Scriptures of dealings with Jesus that I just can't get away from. And it's actually empowered me to keep fighting a fight that I'm having to fight right now in my own life. I'm having a fight of faith concerning my health, and it would be, and I, and I want to get this victory. If y'all know my egg story, if you don't, you'll have to go back and 
and, and check the podcast because I don't have time today. But my ex story was such a clear message from the Lord about his desire to heal us. It's his highest intention for us. So if you look at Mark 5, I want to talk to you about the woman who um, had the, it's called the woman with the issue of blood. And, you know, all of us have issues. Every single person in here has an issue. So what I'm going to say to you today, I'm definitely, it definitely can apply to healing, without a doubt. But it'll apply to anything because faith is the principle that unlocks every door in the kingdom. Faith is the currency of heaven. He's called the poor of this world to be rich in faith. All things you ask for in prayer, believe and it shall be granted to you. All things are possible to him who believes. These are the words that Jesus said. Two things called Jesus to um, be amazed in Scripture. You can see two things where it says he was amazed. One was the faith of the centurion when he just took Jesus at his word. It blew him away. He said, I haven't found such great faith in all of Israel. Here this Gentile Roman centurion had faith to take Jesus at his word. And then the other place where it caused Jesus to be amazed was when he entered his hometown. It says he could not do many miracles but lay his hands on a few sick people because of their doubt and unbelief. If you look at those stories, you'll see where it says Jesus was amazed. He marveled. He... So there's two things that cause Jesus to marvel. Great faith and great doubt. <laughs> what does that tell you? Jesus wants us to grow up into faith. I want to grow up into faith. It's not a work of our own strength. I've talked about that before. Faith, you can't, you can't strive and cause faith to happen. But it is something that we have to acknowledge that it is something that the Lord has for us to grow up into. So here, let's check out this lady. In verse 25, oh, actually, let's back up um, to verse 24. Jesus, and he went off with him, and a great multitude was following him and pressing in on him. Okay, so the first thing to understand here is that there was a big crowd to the point that everybody was pressing in on him. You ever seen a very famous person in a crowd? Everybody's trying to get close. There's no room to get to the, the guy. If you're not right there, you're not getting in because it's such a tight, it's claustrophobic. I never like, I, I went to Speed Street one time in Charlotte, never would do that again. It was just like, it was, I mean, there was all these bands and there was, I don't know how many, probably 100,000 people in the I mean, it was, I don't know how many it was. It was a lot. I could be off on that. I don't know. I was making that up. But it was so much that I got claustrophobic. And I'm like, man, i got to get out of here. I can't stand to be like this, trying to wade through a crowd. And, uh, but that's the way this was. Jesus was surrounded by, he was the most famous person in Israel, and he was surrounded by a sea of people. And a woman who had had a hemorrhage for 12 years, she had bleeding going on. You know what? She was suffering for 12 long years. How many have ever been suffering with something that just don't seem like it's going away? Maybe it's a sin. Maybe it's something you've struggled with. I mean, I've had things in my life that it's taken a while to get free from. Okay? What if it's, if it's sickness? Sickness that you keep, just can't seem to get free from. Maybe it's thoughts that you can't get free from. Maybe it's financial burden that you can't get free from. Sometimes we got these issues that are long-lasting, okay? 
And a lot of us have issues that are long-lasting. And here this woman had a long-lasting issue and had endured much at the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but rather had grown worse. So she's trying to get help. She's spending all her money. She exhausted her resources. Everything she had to get free from this thing she used, and it did nothing. She went to everybody she knew to go to to get help and no help. And so here she finds herself. And she says that, but it rather it had grown worse. You ever had a problem that no matter what you do, it doesn't get better, but not only does it not get better, it gets worse. You know the despair that can come? You know, the Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. A lot of times when we're fighting these battles that we fight, uh, the, the long process sometimes that we go through to see things change will cause us to begin to lose hope and lose faith. So that hope deferred makes the heart sick. It really does. So here she was in that place. I'm sure all of you, many of you can, can uh, relate to that. Um, now, here's the cool thing. After hearing about Jesus, came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. For she thought, well, first of all, that word thought in the Greek does not mean think. It means literally, for she was saying. Okay? And I, for she was, so I'm going to read it the way it reads in the Greek. For she was saying if I just touch his garments, I shall get well. In the other Gospels, there's two other Gospels that share this story. I believe it was Matthew that says it, liter- it, says it literally like that, that she was saying to herself. So she was talking to herself. And I'm going to tell you, there are times in your life that the only thing you can do is start preaching to your own self. It is imperative that we start learning how to preach to ourselves. When you're going through struggles and you can't see and you're, going th- and you're just losing despair, get this thing out and start pacing back and forth, quoting what it says. Because what happens is faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. It is almost impossible to hear the good old-fashioned Word and not get your faith built up to where you can stand another day. You can take it another hour. I remember one time this issue that I was having, one issue I've had numerous health issues since I've moved here. Um, One health issue I finally got free from after I bathed the Lord in something, (laughs) but I was heading to the doctor. And if you know, if you know me very well, I like to get stuff by faith because it says it's possible. And if it's possible, I want to do it. If it's possible, it means enough to me that I'm willing to fight for it. And there's nothing wrong with going to doctors. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying I want, I want to walk in what this says. And how are we going to do that if we don't start contending for it? And so I was on the verge of breaking down and going to the doctor, but I, I was like, Lord, man, I want to I get this the way you said it can be gotten. And I said, Lord, I, you know, and I, I, I literally, I'm telling on myself, and I know this sounds terrible, but I put on my own preaching. <laughs> I had done some. I had done a message 
on don't give up. And it was talking about the call to stand in faith when you're not seeing things happen. And I put that thing on and I listened to it all the way to work. And by the time I got to work, I had such faith built up in my heart. I wasn't going to the doctor. I'm, I, I, and, and literally, when I got home that day, I had an instantaneous healing from the Lord. Instantaneous. Now, there was something I was not doing that the Lord spoke to me about on the way home. And when I obeyed him and repented of what I wasn't doing, I had an instantaneous healing where I felt it go up my feet and come all the way up the top of my head and leave my body. So, but I was this close from not getting it that way. And I had to talk to myself. <laughs> Sometimes we got to talk. This lady found herself in that place. She, she was saying, if I just touch his garments, I shall get well. And immediately the flow of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed from her affliction. And immediately Jesus, perceiving in himself that the power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the multitude pressing in on you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see the woman who had done this. And the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Just hear that again. Daughter, whose faith? Your faith. Was it Jesus' faith? Her faith. Your faith has made you well. So go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now, here's something I want to point out here. There was a fight that this lady had to, to go through to get to Jesus. This past week or so, I had the Lord speak to me, and he talked to me about the struggle of believing. And it encouraged me because I, was, I got some other issues that have been long-lasting, and I was the, the hope deferred was getting to me, and the pain that I feel sometimes was getting to me, and I've been believing God and standing, and, but I also feel like Jekyll and Hyde. One minute I'm believing, next minute I'm doubting, you know? One minute I'm full of faith, the next minute I'm going to the doctor because I'm not healed, you know, like I'm in my head, I'm not healed, I'm not healed. I, I'm getting worse. You know, you start getting into that place where you're doubting the very word that you're, and it's, it's what James talked about, where double-mindedness, where you, the person is double-minded, he said, he said it, not me. He said, no man should think he should receive anything from the Lord. When you're double-minded, it, it, there, it, it stops the flow of something that God wants to release. Faith opens the door, doubt shuts the door. And so I'm at this place, and the Lord begins to speak to me, and he says, the struggle is part of my process for you. And a light bulb went off. This fight that I'm going through to believe is actually part of God's plan. And when I saw that, all the, the lies that the Lord wasn't doing something just fluttered away. And I realized that this fight of faith, this struggle to believe was my training ground. It was my process and it gave me hope again to believe. And that's not my message today. I want to talk about that at some point, but i got to get this other thing out. But I just want to leave that. It took away the lie that said God had left me. He wasn't doing anything. And I just want to say real quick, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. No matter what you are going through, 
even though it looks like God's not moving, He's watching. He's watching. He's there with you. He will not leave you. He is training and teaching you. But there are things that we have to do as we're growing up into Christ. We have, sometimes there's some enemies we have to defeat, and we need the victory. We need the victory. God don't need the victory. If He needed the victory to kill some enemies, He could do it just like that. We need the victory. We need to put the enemy under our feet. And so God will allow us to struggle so that we can grow in this thing and strengthen ourselves and strengthen our faith and fight for this thing that means more to us than this temporal struggle. I want this promise bad enough that I'm willing to struggle with it until I get victory. But I'm not taking the exit door to, to ease my pain. I want to get this thing. And if it costs me something in the process, I'm going to pay the price because it means something to me. I value the promises of God enough to fight for them. He took the children of Israel into the promised land and he made them fight for their promises. They weren't freebies. They couldn't do it without him. It was his presence that, that, drew, that, drew, that, that knocked the enemy out. But they had to go in with their own sword and they had to fight. Taking up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We have to fight for some things sometimes because God wants us to get a victory. He doesn't need the victory. There's nothing that can stand against him. He's already won. But he wants us to grow up into all aspects into him, and part of that is learning how to rule and reign and subdue the earth, and that's subduing doubt, subduing uh, these things that come to steal our faith to cause us to question who God is and who we are. The only way to have faith is to have a Goliath in front of us. But if you got a Goliath in front of you, it must mean you're David. He wouldn't put a Goliath in front of you if he didn't give you what you needed to slay that giant. Y'all hear me? If you got a problem in front of you, praise the Lord. He loves you enough that he wants you to share in his likeness, and he is calling you to victory in that area. Only you have to get the victory. He's not going to do it for you. He's not going to do it for you. You have to operate your faith. It's, she, he said, your faith has made you well. So if your faith is struggling, that's okay. Struggle. You know what a struggle is? It's not giving up. You stop struggling when you, when you give up. Now, I want to I I give up to God, but I don't want to give up to the problems. I don't want to give up to the enemy. If I want to be like Jacob who wrestled with the angel, and I, let, I grabbed hold of him, and I'm not letting go till I get what I'm fighting for. Jacob loved the blessing so much that he would lie, steal, cheat. He would do anything to get that blessing, whereas Esau would sell it for a simple meal. And the, and the Bible says Esau, or Jacob I loved, Esau I hated. Now, he didn't hate Esau, but he hated that, that, that nature that don't want to fight for something, that was, doesn't mean anything. Oh, anything that costs my comfort, I don't want. I don't value it. He hates that. But he loved. Now, he changed Jacob's nature. He dealt with that thing that was lying or cheap, but he loved the fact that he valued something enough to fight for it. So here this lady is, and here's the, here's the biggest blow-you-away I, I'm, I'm still dealing with this. Like, this is unbelievable to me. This is so amazing. 
Do you know Jesus didn't heal that lady? Jesus didn't do it. She fought through a crowd. You know, there's a lot of things that crowd our lives. That crowd our crowd, you know, they crowd around Jesus so that we can't get to him. How many things in our life crowd out the Lord? Desire for other things, worries of life. Does that sound like another parable Jesus talked about? We need good soil. But we need to fight through the crowd. This woman fought through an amazing crowd to even get to him. And that's the implication here. that She didn't just kind of walk up to Jesus. She couldn't get to him, but she, I'll be daggone. I'm getting to him. She was telling herself, if I can just get to his coat, if I can just get close enough to touch his garment, I will be healed. And she fought through that crowd to get there. And sometimes we have to fight through the doubt, fight through the pain, fight through different things that we're struggling with just to get to the Lord. But it's worth it because she got there. And you know what? The scripture says that power was released from Jesus. He didn't make a decision to release power. Y'all hear that? Jesus didn't say, oh, I feel someone tugging on my coat. I release healing to you. That's not what happened. He felt power go out from him because this woman's faith drew something out of the Lord that he didn't even give it permission to do. Do you hear that? This woman's faith drew something out of Jesus that he didn't even give it permission to do. That is a game changer. What does that mean? Jesus didn't release healing to her. She drew it out of him by her faith. There's a lot of times in life, Syrophoenician woman, she goes to the Lord, and she's crying out, Lord, heal my daughter. She's, you know, she's demon-possessed, and the disciples are telling her, shut up! They don't want her. She's making such a fuss. She's being loud. She's crying out. It's kind of like Bartimaeus. And the disciples come to Jesus and they say, Lord, make her shut up. <laughs> you're, you ever, sometimes you got to get to the place where you're just not going to shut up. You got to want it so bad. That's that Luke 18. You're just, you're not, you're going to pray and not lose heart. It's Luke 11. I'm going to knock on that door until my neighbor gives me what I'm asking for. If you know the parable in Luke, in Luke, in Luke uh, 11. He goes to his neighbor, and he's knocking on the door. And his neighbor says, I'm in bed. I'm not giving you nothing. But the Scripture says that he will get up and give him everything he asked for, not because he is his friend, but because of his persistent knocking. There's times that we have to not shut up. We have to fight for something. We have to get vocal about it. We have to night and day go after this thing until we get a victory. I'm not letting go until I see the promise of God in my life. And here this Syrophoenician woman, she's crying out, tell her to shut up, Lord. And here's what the Lord says, I'm not called to her. I'm not I was only called to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And, she's, and she goes up to the Lord because she's not, she's not listening to that. She goes up to the Lord. She says, Lord, she says, Lord, heal me. Heal my daughter. 
And what does the Lord say to her? It's not good to give the children's bread to dogs. How's that for a politically correct Jesus? He says, I can't give this, this the children's bread as healing. That's the first thing we need to understand. The children's bread is healing. The second thing is that he called her a dog. <laughs> and what did she say? She said, but yes, Lord, but even the dogs feed from the crumbs that fall from the children's table. And he said, great is your faith, woman. Faith drew something out. He said, be it done unto you. The Syrophoenician woman's faith got Jesus to do something that at least vocally he said he wasn't going to do. Mary, his mother, they're out of wine. What does that got to do with me, woman? And Mary looks at the servants and she said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. <laughs> I love it. You can see in the life of Jesus that there were people that had a faith that would not let go, just like Jacob, and it drew things out of the Lord that he didn't even release. And I want to tell us today, God wants to help you. He wants to help your situation. We have to reject the lie that God is not in our life, that he's just letting these things happen and he, has, he is not working. Jesus said, my father is always working. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean he's not working. He is in your life doing something. He is causing Christ to grow up in you, but he wants you to slay some giants because every single one of you is a giant killer. But you can't be a giant slayer if you don't face your giant. Amen. And so Jesus ain't going to kill your giant for you. He's left that for you. And I love that how C.S. Lewis got that right in uh, the, 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 you know, in the, the wardrobe thing, whatever, <laughs> the Chronicles of Narnia. If you remember that Peter, you know, the wolf comes after Peter and, and, and Aslan's there with his army, and he's ready. He could have easily just killed that wolf for Peter so Peter didn't have to do it, and he stopped them all. He said, no, this is Peter's fight. There is a fight that is in front of you, and the Lord wants you to know that he will be with you, and he will kill this giant with you, but it's your battle. You have to pick up your sword and fight. He's not going to do it without you. You can't do it without him, but he won't do it without you. So the Lord wants to encourage us to return again to this place of believing God, getting serious. A lot of the issues that we have are so serious and so big that there's no way they can come true, but yet God. All right, I have already gone past. But the Lord wants to recover faith in our lives again. He wants us to believe again. He wants us to lay aside the, the past disappointments. You know, there's some of you in here that have disappointments in your life. Your faith got wounded. And I can promise you when the faith gets wounded, you better get healed. Because if you don't, the enemy will take you out. You will get into deception. You will get into despair. You will get into hopelessness. You have to keep your faith healed. And, it, and my faith gets wounded sometimes. Sometimes I go through things in my heart and my disappointment in the timing the disappointment in where I'm at, 
The disappointment of the things I see, it causes my faith to get wounded. But the thing that I have learned to do is to run to him when I feel that. Lord, I'm supposed to believe. I know that my faith got hurt, Lord. Would you heal my faith again? Would you heal my faith again that I would believe? Because I can promise you at the moment you lead the path of faith, you will end up in confusion. At the moment you leave the path of faith, you're in a place of confusion and disorientation. What choice do we have? Go to him. Ask him to heal your faith. He will heal it. He's the healer. (laughs) He's the healer. He will heal your faith. But don't think that because it's not happening the way you thought it should or when it should, that God's not moving. No, he's doing a work in you so that you can grow up in your faith and you can kill this thing. Sometimes we're waiting on God and God's waiting on the process that's going on inside of us so that we can grow up into these giant slayers that we're called to be. He's with you in the process. Does that make sense? All right, well, Lord, we love you. I'm asking right now, by the grace of God, Holy Spirit, just blow in this place. I'm asking for some renewed faith today, Lord. Lord, we're asking for you to heal our faith. Lord, I'm, we're, we're, you know that we're dust. Father, you're aware of our weakness. You know we get weary. But Lord, renew our faith again. Heal our faith again. Let us see you the way you are. Let us arise, O oh Lord, to put our eyes on you again, knowing that all things are possible to him who believes. Father, heal our faith, Lord. And I just got to say this. If you want big faith, if you want big faith, there's things you got to do. Faith is a byproduct of abiding in Him. Stay in the Word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word. Stay in prayer. When Jesus rebuked the disciples, well, not rebuked them, but He, well, he kind of did. When He rebuked the crowds and, and about them not being able to cast out a demon... He rebuked them for their doubt and unbelief. But then it says, this kind come out only by prayer and fasting. There is a, a lifestyle, prayer and fasting, that releases faith in our life. you got to be engaged with the Lord in a seriousness if you want this. If you want to walk in the powers of the age to come, and Jesus wants you to walk in it, where you walk into rooms and demons go flying. I want that. I want to walk into the room, and they can't help but shriek, I don't need I might not even need discernment because they're crying out. I want this. I want to have the power of the age to come in my life so people can get set free. If you want this, it's going to cost you something. You're going to have to turn the TV off sometimes. You're going to have to get up in the middle of the night and pray. You're going to have to do some things to to steward that gift that he's put inside of us. And here's the other thing, and this is one of the key ones that's still faith. Everybody preaches Mark 11, not everybody, but a lot of people preach Mark 11, 23 and 24 about have faith in God. Whosoever says to the mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come about, it shall be granted him. All things you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it shall be granted to you. But then verse 25 
they, they lay this one off. You can't have great faith if you have unforgiveness in your life. Unforgiveness shuts off the flow of God in your life. And that's what the verse 25 talks about. So if you have unforgiveness, bitterness, a complaint even against another brother, you need to repent of it and get it right. It will open the enemy up to your life. So, Lord, once again, we're asking for grace to walk in this. Grace, Lord, to walk in this. Grace, Lord, to walk in this. We love you. We want to grow up into all aspects into you, Lord. You had great faith. You said the works I do, ye shall do, and even greater works shall you do because I go to the Father. And we want to walk in that, Lord. We want to be like you because we love you. We love you, Lord. Help us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.